Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are locked on bucks. Your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my very good friend, Frank Madden. Frank, I gotta say, I'm a little bit at a loss for what to talk about tonight because we're just in this strange area where Yesterday, if you haven't listened to yesterday's lock, Locked On, go do that because we talk about kind of everything you would need to know and kind of our thoughts on the trade deadline and everything going on. And now we're just in this space where you're kind of just waiting for the next Woj bomb to go off. And or, Oh, by the way, Eric, I have a I have a major correction. What? I said Tony Snell's call, uh, hold, uh, cap hold was $7 million. It's actually $6 million. So, big, big apologies to everybody. Did you get a lot of tweets about that? A lot of people were upset. Uh, just an avalanche of, of tweets <laughs> about that. Um, no, 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 no tweets, but uh, just, just want to make sure everybody So you just did, you didn't sleep last night is what you're telling me. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, I slept well, and then I, and then I listened to the podcast, and I, and I was like, wait a minute. I don't think that's right. And then uh, I, I went back and double-checked. It's... Uh, it's it's 5.9 million. It it would have been 7 million in in I believe the 2018 season because uh, they're increasing the cap holds for players coming off rookie contracts who are below the average salary from 250% of their previous salary to 300% of their previous salary. So that was that was what where the error came from. I I had just been like blanket multiplying all uh, all the future uh, rookie contract salary uh, cap holds by three so that was correct for Thon and Jabari moving forward when they come off their rookie deals but not for Tony Snell since he's sort of grandfathered in under the old one so you're a monster you're a monster I, I that's know. what you that's, are Frank. that was a, a big a big miss you're a monster and one thing just to clarify as well I think yesterday uh, we alluded to this early on that basically Greg Monroe opting out alone doesn't give you uh, all this cap relief next year, it, you know, it, obviously it lowers your team salary, but given the Bucks currently projected to be well over the cap, uh, you need more uh, salary to be shed in order to create meaningful cap to the mid-level exception, which is going to be over $8 million next year. And in previous years, it would have been a shade under $6 because it wasn't tied to the cap level as part of the last CBA, um, but now it will be. So it, it is making a big bump up. So you know, effectively, there's less uh, less value to having, uh, you know, 10 million in cap space, let's say now than previously. So if you just do some quick math and you assume a, a few million dollar cap hold for the Bucks uh, first round pick this year, which again we don't know until um, until the end of the season, depending on where their draft spot is. Um, the bottom line is, if you get rid of Greg Monroe and if you get rid of Spencer Hawes, um, and obviously he has a player option and. You could stretch him and, and free up $4 million. But even if you assume that he's opting out of his $6 million player option, 
you keep Tony Snell's $5.9 million cap hold and you've got all the, you know, the rest of the guys on the roster, um, you know, you're still only at about 10 million in cap space, which again, really isn't meaningfully different from having the mid-level exception and the biannual exception, which is, you know, a few million dollars as well. So, um, so I think the, the main takeaway here is that if the Bucks want to go and, and create cap space this summer, not only do they need Greg Monroe to opt out, not only do they need to either have Spencer Hawes not take his player option or stretch him, but they do need to, to get rid of one of those salaries like John Henson's deal, Mirza Toledovich, Matthew Delvadova, et cetera, and they would need to dump that for you know for basically nothing or an you know, expiring contract effectively. So just just wanted to be clear about that. Um, and, and certainly that does, I think, play a role in probably the way the Bucks are thinking about their flexibility moving forward. And um, obviously we'll, we'll see what happens this week. And obviously if anything changes, we'll, we'll be sure to run the numbers and, and tell you what it means. I guess kind of what I was getting at before you jumped in and kind of cleaned some of that stuff up was just this, this is just kind of a weird time with uh, kind of how the schedule works out that you have this, this week off from team's game action and in that week you also have the entire lead up to the trade deadline and i feel like kind of everyone at this point just sits around make sure they have text alerts on for Woj, for i don't even know sam amick for zach lowe mark stein brian windhorst and that's probably about it i don't even know who else you'd have a have a text alert on for or i guess you're just kind of waiting for that next big shoe to fall and some other things happen day like magic johnson may not be tweeting out corny things anymore and uh takes over the lakers and uh then makes a trade and there was some other minor stuff but nothing really nothing's really coming up with the bucks and i guess earlier this week um i I had a couple people ask me like why aren't the Bucks more involved in rumors? Like, what's going on with the Bucks? And, and I guess one of the things I, I want to remind people of is, one, the Bucks already made a trade this year, and it was pretty significant. I, I mean, as far as cap dumps can go, it was pretty significant. Like the trade to bring in Hibbert and Hawes and get Miles Plumley off the books. That was a significant move for the Bucks. So, one, the Bucks have already made a trade this year. Two, we kind of went over last night how Greg Monroe, someone who's been around as a as a big rumor and as a guy that has enough as a has a high enough of a profile that people would be interested in rumors. Like if you say, "Oh, some teams are looking at Michael Beasley," well, you're not really going to get many clicks on that. Like, no, okay, that's fine. Um, so Monroe is kind of out because. Other teams have figured out who their bigs are, and um, and I guess three after that, the Bucks are just kind of in this weird position, like we covered last night. So I know people keep want to have. I mean, you want rumors for your team this time of year. You want there to be something exciting to talk about. So you see some manufactured garbage rumors about Damian Lillard and the Bucks, and uh, people get excited about that, and you see just silliness right now. So just keep in mind, like. There's there's a reason why the Bucks aren't involved in a lot of rumors right now. Yeah, and I, I think I, I, the only thing I saw about Lillard was some what looked like a you know sort of fake not not a fake you know Woj account or something, but just some random site that wouldn't have had any 
you know, some random Twitter account that wouldn't have had any flexibility. And I think we went through early in the summer, uh, or sorry, early in the season, there are, you know, some sites that just, just completely sort of take random illusions that somebody makes about a player uh, being useful for some other team. And then they create, you know, these fake articles um, about it. And, um, you know, it shows up under on sites that somebody might naively, such as Brian, Brian Scalabrini, might naively think uh, could actually be a real thing. But look, if it doesn't have a name attributed to it that you recognize, it, it's not real. And obviously, right around the deadline, you do see these fake accounts even on Twitter that that pop up. So look for uh, look for blue check check marks. Um, and uh, you know, again, if you don't see a blue check mark, probably don't retreat it. <laughs> probably be better for for all of ours but all of our help but yeah i i don't know i saw that random lillard thing and i i was just like well what would the bucks actually give up for damian lillard and no thank you like what yeah. <laughs> like that that's not really it just didn't, didn't really pass smell test but but yeah i, I don't I, again all is kind of quiet other than you know i think the usual uh some of the the minnesota folks that tweeted about the Bucks' interest in Ricky Rubio last year alluded to the possibility of the Bucks being involved again but you know nothing really particularly tangible and easier to forget a year ago was really pre-point Giannis and you know Ricky Rubio I I like Ricky Rubio but I mean I don't think he makes a whole lot of sense on this current (laughs) Bucks team unless unless the cost was basically nothing and you know you just figured hey He's good at basketball, so who knows? I was gonna say the the funniest thing in the last couple months is I generally love every pass Ricky Rubio throws. Like that's just a, a thing about me. I'm gonna be in love with it, and people will tweet out gifts. Will tweet out. Well, they used to would have tweeted out vines and videos and stuff like that, and I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, this Ricky Rubio pass!" And immediately, I have people in my mentions like, "But he can't hit a jump shot, or he won't work with Giannis," and it was just like. I'm not saying that at all. Like I'm just saying I, I like Ricky Rubio as a basketball player. Um, but yeah, it again, you've seen his name come up uh, from, like you said, some of those Minnesota folks that um, had mentioned it last year. And I mean, there was I think Tim Reynolds tweeted something out before, uh, and it, it's essentially said if you're asking if a player has been talked about at some point he has and if you're asked if you're curious if your team has talked about trading someone they probably have like here okay here's the exact wording of it and I, and I love this tweet because it, it makes a lot of sense if you wonder if your NBA team had trade talks today yes it did if you're wondering if a player has been talked about probably yes like that's how this time of the year goes. Like every team is doing due diligence on all of their players and talking internally with themselves to figure out, is this a guy we want to move? Is this a guy we like? What would we want to move him for? They're talking internally about what are some things that we could improve here? Who are some players around the league that we might want to target? And yes, they're probably on the phones talking to other GMs about literally any players on the roster. Like it, that's what happens this time of year like there is general activity so um again that doesn't mean you should believe every rumor but like yeah gms talk this time of year that's kind of what happens yeah so so we'll see and we know that the bucks like to make trades and he's not called trader john hammond (laughs) um 
for nothing, right? So I'm sure there'll be some movement, but as we kind of went over yesterday, I don't know. I don't think there's any earth-shaking move here for the Bucks. Um, I think, you know, it was interesting, Hammond, last week um, on uh, the Bucks weekly show with, with Sparky Pfeiffer on uh, 1250. Um, he, he was pretty open about how basically uh, he's got too many centers on the roster and he owes it to Jason Kidd to not have as many centers on the roster. Um, so that's, that's I think, something that, that everybody is, is very openly acknowledging. And, you know, we've talked about Roy Hibbert uh, being the obvious guy who would be shocking, you know, if he was around just because he's an expiring contract. And, um, again, he has no value to anyone other than, you know, as a, uh, a to get up to the salary minimum type guy. And in that kind of scenario, you're not really getting anything for him, really. You're probably just sending him to a team into cap space um, who then probably just buys him out anyway. Um, but, yeah, I mean, who knows? There may be something maybe something there. Maybe John Henson could be the most interesting guy, really, right? Yeah. Um, just because Monroe, I don't know. I mean, it, it'd be interesting It'd be interesting to be a fly on the wall and know like how the Bucks actually view the idea of bringing Monroe back, especially in light of um, Jabari Parker's injury and the fact that that you know, makes his offense more valuable probably to the Bucks over the next couple of years. And it probably also makes his defense maybe a little bit less of, a, of an immediate concern. Um, but clearly he's a tough guy to sort of probably fit into a modern NBA team or to talk yourself into. Um, but obviously he's, he's worked out very well for the Bucks this year. I was going to say, um, with some of those guys, uh, Mark Stein and Mark Stein was on the low post today. Um, I have not gotten to it yet. That's on my list of things to do tonight. Um, but our good friends Mitch Maurer and Eric Benning were talking to me about it, and they said, here's some, some quotes they had. Mark Stein said they, speaking about the Bucks, really need to try to trade one of their centers this week if they can, um, it, which makes sense. Like Obviously, Hibbert or Hawes or one of them would do that, um, but in the same way, like you said, Henson might be an interesting candidate there. Is it time that the Bucks are just going to move on from him and think kind of like what we've been talking about where if at the start of the season we said if you can move to if you can move one of those centers Plumley or Henson then you can kind of take yourself out of the bind that you put yourself in if Monroe opts in now it looks like for sure for sure Monroe will probably opt out uh so you're gonna have Monroe off the books you already have Plumley off the books and again if you would move Henson as well and then only come back into next year with I mean, Thon, and you, you could even have a Spencer Hawes on the book and still have a, a pretty significant number for cap space wise in the twenty in the twenty area. Um, so the centers are going to be very interesting. And then uh, one other thing was they apparently they talked a little bit about uh, Tony Snell and that quote unquote tepid interest. And uh, Stein said on Minnesota call in Milwaukee. I know they've asked Milwaukee about Tony Snell. They haven't called them like nine times about Tony Snell and been super interested in Tony Snell. And they've asked about other Milwaukee players, including Tony Snell. So um, that would kind of maybe lend a little bit of credence to uh, that quote-unquote tepid interest that Zach Lowe reported yesterday, as well as maybe a little bit of a talk about Ruby or someone of that nature. So um, 
Yeah, it, it's pretty quiet, like you said, right now. Um, but you just don't really you don't really know until something happens. I mean, I just kind of think back to the Brandon Knight trade that just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, so th- that can happen, and like you said, John, John Hammond does like to trade and make moves. So um, this year, especially, it would kind of be surprising to see him sit out. Yeah, it was interesting. I was listening to uh, Gary Wolf was on twelve fifty, and he was playing you know he was making a big deal out of how everybody but but Giannis is or only Giannis is untouchable and you know Zach Lowe we talked yesterday Zach Lowe was you know sort of implied that well actually you know Jabari and Thon uh, and Middleton are also not you know really being discussed and I mean it's this sort of a semantic thing it's like well like literally of course Chris Middleton shouldn't be untouchable Correct. Like, you know, there have to be, I mean, you know, there have to be, a, a, you know, plenty of players that if a team came up and offered them for Chris Middleton, you would say, sure, right? Um, you know, if the Warriors came in and, you know, um, offered Steph Curry for Chris Middleton, I would say yes, okay? With those other three that low listed as untouchable, there's a spot where you can get where you would have to say, yeah, that's enough for Chris Middleton. Like that spot probably doesn't exist for Giannis. Like four right. four years of Giannis already at a cap number below the max, with as young as he is, with as well as he's playing. Like there is not going to be a team that can offer enough to get you over the hump. With those other players, sure. Like you like those other three a lot, but there's something that could get you to give up Thon Maker. And there's something that you could get you to give up Middleton. And there's something that you'd be willing to give up Jawari Parker. But that thing doesn't exist for Giannis. Like, like, I don't even know the insane package that someone would have to give up. Because you'd have to give up... You can't find anyone younger than Giannis. Like... I'm, I'm... No, I can't think of a package that someone would have to offer you to give up Giannis. Yeah, it, there, there is no Giannis package. It's, it's, it, he is for the first time. I can, I, I would say, for the first time, the Bucks truly have an untouchable because there really isn't. I, I would say there's nobody that the Bucks would trade him for in the NBA at this point, uh, which is pretty awesome to say with a straight face. Um, yeah. But getting back to the point, yeah, of course, yeah, the, there are players that the Bucks would trade Chris Middleton for. And, you know, there are probably packages that, that the Bucs would, would trade Chris Middleton for. And, you know, again, maybe there's some scenario where a team actually could find a package that the Bucs would consider for Chris Middleton. But really, like, it doesn't really make any sense that that would exist. Because, I mean, look, he's coming off a major injury, which you would think would make other teams kind of wary, even yeah. if he has looked pretty good recently. And, you know when guys are coming off injuries, usually teams just don't trade them because you're wanting to get them back to a hundred percent before you'd even consider doing that. And, you know, as we've said uh, a lot over the past couple weeks, Chris Middleton has looked like a phenomenal fit on this roster, especially without Jabari Parker, especially given the need to have shooting and playmaking and what Chris can do and his positional versatility. Um, you know, and especially you throw on top of that, the cheapness of his contract, uh, it just doesn't really pass the smell test that you would actually trade Chris Middleton. And I think the probably the weirdest part was that Chris Middleton was named um, 
as like being someone that could get moved like right in in lockstep with a discussion about the Bucks being interested in Rubio, which of course would be just like, you know, the idea last year the Bucks didn't want to trade Chris Middleton for Ricky Rubio. A year later, Ricky Rubio's value is way down. Middleton's value is maybe slightly lower because of the injury. Um, and you also know that really a, a pass-first, non-shooting point guard makes even less sense on the Bucks now and in the modern-day NBA than it did a year ago. So, I mean, the idea of even juxtaposing those two things next to one another just was kind of like, all right, we any idea that Chris Middleton should be should be or could be traded for Ricky Rubio is just to me beyond stupid. I mean, like also I, it was Rubio in a first that couldn't yeah, get Middleton. Exactly. Like not just Rubio. Like it wasn't like uh, Rubio isn't enough for Middleton. Rubio and that first is not enough for Chris Middleton. So yeah, to say it's stupid and silly to juxtapose those two is one thousand percent correct. We 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 don't make a habit of directly calling for people's jobs uh, on this podcast but if 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 anyone on the bucks were to uh propose trading chris middleton for ricky rubio straight up or or even with just like you know modest garnishments around ricky rubio um i will happily request that person uh turn in their (laughs) resignation uh shortly thereafter so that that I, i i i am not particularly worried about that i cannot see um those guys that zach Lowe mentioned not being Milwaukee Bucks after Thursday, it's just you know again, it's just, I don't think anybody's offering more than the Bucks. You know, uh, they're not meeting the Bucks asking price on those guys, and it makes sense that they that they'll be in Milwaukee. So, so I don't know. I mean, things could get kind of weird, but again, it does feel like if the Bucks make a move, um, it would be around most likely a big man. We you know, and now we see this Tony Snell interest, um, and I don't even know. I don't even know who the Wolves would offer to 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 interest the Bucks. Um, for a guy like Tony Snell, right? I mean, Tony Snell for Ricky Rubio. I mean, uh, first off, the con- the salaries don't match, so you you know you yeah. have to figure something else out. You know, it have to be like Henson and Tony Snell for Ricky Rubio or something like that. Um, and while Henson, you know, doesn't matter, right? Henson for Rubio, like I think you'd be you might be you'd be right on the margins as far as the, the salary matching there. Um, I don't know. Henson for Rubio? Do you do that? I guess. I don't know. Hmm. Man, that's tough. Because like you said, is and I love Ricky Rubio. Like that, I'm totally with that. But um, man, accepting, what 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 does Rubio have? Two years at 14? Yeah, 29 million total after this year. So you have them for this year? next year and the year after is that what we're saying yeah man to accept that much non-shooting out of the point guard position um would seem pretty brutal um but if i have to choose and have that that cap space filled i would take ricky rubio over john henson to fill that cap space yeah i i actually man i probably would not trade Oh God, it's so weird to say. I probably would not trade Snell and Henson for Rubio, um, just because Snell has actually been able to shoot the ball and play defense, whereas Rubio is a good defender but has not played defense or has not shot the ball ever. Um, um, granted, just so- he does other, he does other things, obviously, right? And, and the, the the Wolves have historically been really good with Rubio on the court, which to me is always like a, a, something that can't be overlooked. But um, 
if if it's not a Ricky Rubio deal. Um, I don't know. I mean, I find Tyus Jones interesting. Uh, I, you know, not sure. You know, I, I don't really find Shabazz Muhammad particularly interesting. Um, but again, it, it it would be interesting to see if if uh, if I don't know if if Snell is maybe the target. Uh, whether some something could happen there. Um, just wanted to jump in. Um, Darren Wolfson was kind of one of the people in Minnesota that reported that. Apparently, he had Windhorse on his podcast, and I'm looking at Tim Fackless. Fackless. I'm not 100 percent sure how to pronounce his last name, but his Twitter feed. Um, he's a writer at A Wolf Among Wolves. Sometimes advice, and uh, he's a co-host of Wolves Wired, and he said that. On that podcast, Windhorst said that um, the Bucks have definite, definite is in quotes, interest in Rubio. Uh, we're looking to deal Delhi for him, but Wolves aren't, or but Wolves weren't interested. Um, so I guess that kind of sheds a little bit of light on it. Uh, a Delhi for Rubio switch that would be what um, a more expensive contract for Rubio than Delhi, but one less year. Correct? Yeah, it's it's basically the exact same amount of money, except Delhi over three years versus Rubio over two. Okay, um, so I guess there, there's something there that that would have been um, kind of what Rubio discussions would have been. Um, and that's from Brian Windhorst on Darren Wolfson's podcast. Would you, would you do, so it, it let's just, in the hypothetical, if it were straight up Rubio for Delhi, would you do that? Oh man, my love for Ricky Rubio is showing. Um, well, I don't know. The fact that you're thinking about this does suggest that maybe you don't like Ricky Rubio that much to me. Well, the, the money's just a big, like that's, what five more million per year those two years um that would essentially be punting on a different a different larger free agent um so yeah i probably would i I probably would too i mean and i keep thinking back to the conversation we had the other night about delhi being a a better three-point shooter of late but just not being able to put up threes Mm -hmm. you know and I think with Rubio, yeah, he's a poor three-point shooter, and I know people are going to, you know, have the sort of Michael Carter-Williams, um, you know, nightmares, I guess, probably. I think if, if – I, I, I know that would happen if they traded for yes. Ricky Rubio. People would say, like, oh, MCW couldn't shoot, uh, you know. But Ricky Rubio actually can can play basketball otherwise, you know, and he, he actually is a, a legitimate pass-first point guard um, and a good defender and – you know, again, he's made teams better consistently <laughs> over the years. Uh, <laughs> to me, it's just funny because the things that people think MCW is good at, Ricky Rubio is actually good at. Like, <laughs> like people think, like, oh, MC- passing. <laughs> oh man, MCW is a great defender. No, he's not. He's bad. Rubio's an elite defender at the point guard position, and same thing with passing. Like, oh yeah, MCW, he's triple double threat every night, and he, he's really a great passer. No, you've never seen him throw a cool pass in his life. Like, <laughs> you've never seen it. You literally cannot name one. Um, while Rubio will rattle off three ridiculous passes in a night. So it it, it is always funny to me that. It makes total sense that that's where people's minds would go, <laughs> but like MCW is actively bad at those two things, and Ricky Rubio is good at both of them. Um, so that that always just makes me laugh. Here's a really random question for you, and again, their salaries are completely mismatched, so it's not like you would necessarily ever have this option in a trade. But 
if if you could just go and pick a player off of the the Timberwolves roster, and you could either pick Ricky Rubio or Tyus Jones, which guy would you rather have on the Bucks roster? Rubio, and again, I I'm, I totally admit that my Rubio opinions are biased because I just love watching him play basketball. I, I would go Tyus Jones just because he's. I mean, he's small, maybe too small to ever really be particularly good. But um, I, I just look at him. He's he's younger. He seems like he can shoot a bit. Uh, and, uh, you know, and again, I, maybe I'm like over-indexing on uh, watching him in college, but he can actually seems to be able to shoot off the dribble a little bit, um, which I'm now desperate to see a Bucks point guard be able to do. <laughs> <laughs> um so so uh, that 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 kind of weighs weighs on my opinion uh, a little bit but um but anyway I don't know I feel like we're talking a lot about the the Minnesota Timberwolves um tonight um one one question I wanted to ask you because we kind of danced around it a little bit um but one kind of obvious question is in light of the boogie trade um I think maybe we talked about it. I think we talked about it the night that it broke. But um, an, an obvious follow-up question I think teams around, fans from around the league have are asking themselves is whether, you know, insert your favorite team here um, should have, you know, been aggressive in, in trying to acquire DeMarcus Cousins. But let's be honest, it did, wouldn't really require that much aggression in order to land DeMarcus. And we mentioned the other night that, you know, basically the Bucks and Pelicans right now are kind of projected to be in the same similar you know similar spot in terms of the draft this year so you could say you know those picks would kind of wash out if the bucks had tried to make a move um we talked about who the bucks would have offered um you know in to to kind of mirror the buddy healed uh pick that or player that that uh that new orleans offered and you know again we have to acknowledge that supposedly vivek ranadive is you know very high on Buddy Heald. The next Steph uh, Curry. The next Steph Curry. Well, the shooting of Steph Curry and the size of, of Clay Thompson or whatever he said. <laughs> um, so the Bucks, I guess, don't have, have that guy on their roster available. But um, I, generically speaking, you know, I think you've spoken a lot in the past about how highly you think of Boogie. Um, I, I would hazard that the Bucks, like many teams in the league, apparently... <laughs> Uh, really don't think Boogie was worth the hassle. Um, he is an expiring contract, not this summer, but the summer after. And there had been a lot of talk of the Kings having the inside line to resign him and him wanting to resign um, as part of the designated player exception, uh, which would have you know been this massive 200 plus million dollar deal. And now he's not eligible for that because he's been traded. Um, but obviously he's a guy that you you know you would have to hope that you can resign him to a mega contract uh if you do trade for him so eric i mean what's your opinion like was this a you know golden opportunity miss for the bucks to potentially add uh that second you know uh in his prime superstar next to Giannis, or uh was this the bucks basically looking at their roster and saying you know we have a lot of guys we like we have a lot of people we like and to be honest, as good as Boogie was slash is, um, he's just not worth the hassle from a personality standpoint. Oh wow, that's a that's a great question. Um, obviously, it's kind of tough to figure out how you would find like that similar deal um, because I guess if you have to find someone that 
Vivek or whoever else from the, the Kings could be head over heels for, it's probably Thon, right? May, maybe, but I mean, they also have Scalabissier on their roster. They've got Papianis so, on their roster. They've got all these like rando uh, tall guys. So, so like I mean, maybe you, you convince them on Brogdon and uh, Deli Toledovich. So I, I don't know. I'm trying to think what it would be. So m- maybe if I don't have to give up Thon. Um, what if, what if we just said what if we just said this year's first and next year's first with let's say I don't know top three protection or something like that for next year's pick. Ooh. Which you know let's be honest if you had cousins in this current roster you certainly would not expect to you know be threatening for yes. uh, a top 10 pick even but but let, let's say let's say top five pick protected so unprotected this year top five protected next year and you know you send greg monroe to match salaries yeah i'd do it i we, we talked about it a little bit before the podcast yesterday because we were talking about kind of how addicted we were to boogie cousins trade twitter and all the interesting stories and i just think they did boogie so many disservice just so much disservice um throughout his tenure in sacramento like and i know everyone says like well he went through all these coaches which is totally undeniable like i'm i'm not gonna say he didn't um but actively hiring and firing bad coaches well that's gonna happen um and I don't know, I was reading David Aldridge's piece today, um, and it was like 56 things about the Boogie Cousins trade, and it's tremendous, and everyone should go read it, and I think it paints the picture pretty accurately. Boogie's a great basketball player, and he is very temperamental, and he doesn't get along with certain people, and I guess to me, like it just seemed like there was a moment, a moment in time that just makes no sense and that is when the Kings start off hot. Mike Malone is killing it. Him and Boogie get along. They like each other. And like they have a good working relationship. Boogie respects him. Boogie's playing hard. Boogie had just made the leap to kind of that elite player status. And then Vivek decided that Mike Malone didn't run an offense fast-paced enough for him. The offense wasn't something of that nature. He didn't like that they were defense first, whatever. Didn't like him. Gets rid of Mike Malone. And then has Ty Corbin in there for the rest of the year. And then all of a sudden, you know what? George Carl likes, likes likes to play fun offense. But, oh, he's also an a-hole. And there's no way on earth he's going to get along with the star like boogie cousins so sure this will this will work out great and it, it just seemed like so many times the deck was stacked against boogie and like i know that they were trying to build around boogie but they were just totally inept in doing so um so i i think boogie's an incredible talent and again i don't know if you're i don't know if you can control him i i really don't but with someone that talented, I'm willing to give him the benefit of a, of the doubt, and especially with a team now with the Jabari Parker injury that is devoid of that top level talent. Like you need, you need at least two superstars to compete with kind of teams as they're constructed right now. And well, this would be one way to get your hands on one. Is there going to be maybe some character issues? Yeah. There is. Like, those character issues exist. I'm not going to try to deny them, but finding top-level talent is really, really hard. 
and this would have been an easy way to do so. I think we we joked earlier this year about um, when talking about Giannis that sort of everybody fits next to Giannis that Giannis's uh, unselfishness and, and malleability. I mean, other than his lack of spacing from a three point perspective, you know, it, you sh- you shouldn't you know you don't look at Giannis and say like, oh man, it's hard to to put other guys around him. But with a guy like Boogie, um, and in the kind of grander scheme of things, is a guy like Boogie? Would you say he's a good fit? And obviously, you know, the New Orleans Pelicans obviously are, are trying to figure out whether and how Boogie will fit next to, you know, arguably the best power forward, sort of more traditional um, big man type power forward in the league in Anthony Davis. The Bucks, um, you know, can make a case that they have the best power forward if you do it by, you know, defensive position. Giannis mostly defending power forwards. Um, I, I think that's kind of an interesting question because I think when you think about putting Boogie onto the Bucks roster uh, and the way he dominates the ball. I think that is an interesting question to ask. Is is that a good combination with Giannis? And if not, or if yes, um, what does that say about Giannis and the kind of guy you'd want to find next to him? I mean, I think we know that center position is an area where the Bucks need to find a solution, whether that's you know Thon Maker down the road or some other guy in the shorter term. Um, but is Boogie kind of a guy you would look at and say that is the kind of guy you can build a, a title contending team around with Giannis or, or how would you think about Boogie specifically next to Giannis? I, I believe on this podcast, I've said this phrase, I'm awfully fond of this phrase, but uh, I'm a big believer in talent finds a way. And if you have two players as talented as DeMarcus Cousins and Giannis Dettacumbo, I think they find a way to be successful. And, and I understand how, how high that usage is like I get it that that's a problem but I do also think that it doesn't it doesn't have to be what is he at 37 this year 35 last year 34 the year before like I think he can be lower than that um I I think a lot of that is one boogie does like the ball like there's, there's no denying that but also the kinks suck um so boogie should have the ball all the time they're terrible um so I, I think two dudes that talented make a just make it work. And uh, again, Boogie has now shown that he can shoot the three. Um, his three point rate has come up uh, again this year. It would made a huge jump last year, and I, I just think it can work. Uh, the The shooting problem wouldn't be wouldn't be the problem with. With Boogie, if you bring him in, like it would have been, like say, uh, when we were hypothetically talking about Rubio, like Boogie can shoot threes and and he can stretch the floor a little bit, and he also can dominate on the block. And the way the areas where he would dominate and do good things, I, I don't think necessarily hurt Giannis in the way that he would play. Um, maybe that means that Giannis doesn't get to. That means maybe he doesn't get to be Westbrook and have an insane usage and just be the guy that has the ball all the time. And I, I think that's what a lot of people want. But with Boogie, maybe he, he's not that guy. And maybe that's not the worst thing for him. And those two guys are kind of two co-leaders and two guys that just kind of have their usage around the same area, score a whole mess of points, and then 
you I mean that bumps Chris Middleton down. He doesn't have to do as much playmaking. Maybe you can weaponize him like Clay Thompson and I don't know. I, I just think talent f- finds a way and I, I think that'd be the case with Boogie. Yeah, I think I buy that. Um I, I would say this. Uh <laughs> it does not surprise me at all that NBA GMs and coaches would breathe a sigh of relief uh, if and when their team decides not to really pursue DeMarcus Cousins because again he's the kind of guy that I think you know fans and people like us are going to look at and say damn you can get a guy that good for that little you know why not why not roll the dice you know how how serious do you really think how seriously can you really call yourself a a championship contender or on the road to contention um if you're a team like the Bucks, when you look at your roster and you look at the grand scheme of the league, uh, and are you really in a position where you could turn down that type of talent upgrade? I think that's um, it's easy for us to say because I think there's a lot to it. Because I don't think the Bucks are. We also don't. We don't have jobs. Like we don't exactly. have a job that we could actively lose if it does. If it blows right. up in our face. Exactly. We're not going to have to be in that locker room with Boogie managing that personality um and i think the challenge for the bucks is not so much i would agree with you i don't think the the challenge would be so much from a uh you know positional fit standpoint stylistic standpoint um but i think from an intangible perspective i think bringing boogie into a team uh where there isn't a strong veteran presence where i don't you know again i don't know how well jason kidd manages boogie versus some other players, you know, I mean, Jason's kid has had the advantage of managing a roster of very, I would say, you know, mostly likable, kind of easy to work with guys these last couple of years, other than Larry Sanders, probably. Um, everybody, you know, his, his best players have been, I would say, very, you know, good, upstanding citizens um, and, and very malleable for him. Um, Boogie is not that kind of guy. Uh, <laughs> and... I think the other thing you have to consider, and I think there have been allusions to it, is that, uh, you know, Boogie's agents have, let's just say, not exactly given a lot of assurances that they would want to resign wherever they go, right? And yeah. so um, if you think that it is a, um, you know, 50-50 shot that Boogie stays, if you if you trade him to, you know, to Milwaukee, then I don't think I would do that, you know, even yeah. as good as Boogie is. Um, I think if he, if you, if, you know, you get an assurance that he wants to sign long term, then I think it becomes a really different story. Um, but if you have to give up, let's say, you know, those two first round picks, well, Jesus, for a team like the Bucks that needs top end talent, mm-hmm. giving up two first round picks, even if they're not, you know, top five picks, um, that is a huge price to pay. That is how you are keeping. You know that that pipeline of young talent with upside stocked, and at, at reasonable prices stocked. And if you go and acquire Boogie Cousins and then he leaves at you know in the summer of 2018, you know that's a huge blow to to a team like the Bucks. So I, I'm I'm not I'm not surprised, and I'm not really gonna you know grind my teeth over the Bucks not being linked to to Demarcus Cousins. But I think by the same token, I, I think it's very fair to kind of think, hey, you know what? Odds are the Bucks, you know, don't contend uh, in in the next five years. I mean, seriously, it's 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 hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're putting a lot on Giannis to think that, you know, 
we're putting either a lot on Giannis or a lot on the Bucks to start making, you know, really good personnel moves. Let's say um, to think that there's anything inevitable about where they are now and where it's going to lead them. Um, and that's not really a diss on them so much as a diss, uh, just a, an observation on how hard it is to to compete for a title. Uh, and and so yeah, I think you know that that would be the argument for saying hey, roll the dice. But um, but again, I think a lot of it comes down to. Um, whether you think you can, you know, handle his personality, and also whether you just think you can keep him, which um, I think I think would have been tough uh, in Milwaukee. But anyway, we've probably gone on for way too long at this point. Oh, we definitely have. Um, that's going to be it for us today on Lockdown Bucks. We will we will talk to you tomorrow. I 